Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Coridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Rosie Charrington, Georgina Blasky, and our special guest, personal shopper and stylist, Victoria Genevieve. Hello. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. So I thought we'd start with a bit of summer events chat today. I went to the Chelsea Flower Show yesterday for the first time, and I loved it. I can't believe I've not been all these years. I'm not particularly green-fingered. But it's really cool. Who's been? I've never been. I've never been. Oh, I've been. Have you? Yeah, and I find it is the day of the year where I really noticed how short I am. Because <laughs> I think you did the press preview day, because I yes. saw all your lovely Insta story coverage. And, and I thought, but there's no one in front of you. Whereas I, I know. go, there's about five people in front of me and I can't see, um, and I get a bit frustrated. So I definitely need to get myself in on that Monday because it looked amazing. It can was... you walk into the gardens when you go on the Monday? No, I didn't, walk, I didn't step onto a garden, but there are bits that you go into, bits that you don't. But as you said, yeah, the, the preview is amazing. I think I actually didn't realise how spoiled I was. I was taken by Prime Purchase, who are search agents, people buying houses out of London. So I went in and it was completely empty and I walked around and I was like, this is really nice. We then went and had breakfast, came out of breakfast, having seen everything, luckily... And as you say, the crowds are yeah. thick. Everybody from London, from the home counties, pouring in to these beautiful gardens, which are amazing. But sometimes you need to get up close, and I've just not had that privilege, mm. but it looked beautiful. And it's amazing. And I'm not, as I said, I'm not really green-fingered at all. Gardens aren't really my thing. But, I, you know, nobody could go there and not really appreciate the skill and the art. And they put them up so quickly, don't they, in about a week? They've they, built these gardens with mature plants and, and trees. These massive structures. You know, there's this one garden that was a tree, apparently the treehouse. They're about a million quid. Huh. Cost him a hundred grand or something to put this treehouse into Chelsea. But he obviously does so well from it. He does it. But I mean, I say it's a treehouse. It's basically like an. You know, I'd live there. You know, this is what someone with a lot of money has in the back of their garden. But. I mean, like proper sitting rooms with TVs and sofa areas, and then a slide coming oh around. And, yeah, you'd I mean, lose your children. <laughs> yeah, you would. I mean, this. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a good thing. Yeah, that's something to work for, isn't it? Are you green fingered, Georgina? 
No, I tend to buy pots of hydrangeas and lavender and things, and then when they die, they kind of get shoved in the alleyway, and we think, oh, well, they might revive, but they don't, and we just buy more. So I've got some beautiful pots in the, at the moment in my garden that look lovely, but then down the side are the kind of ten dead. They might come back. Let's not throw them away. We just need to throw them away. What about you, Victoria? I want to be. I really, I get on Pinterest and look at all those lovely images and go, oh, I can do that. It's just like some big plants and little plants at the bottom and then it kind of ends up being big plant and then random plants shoved. But then if you leave them, some of them do develop into, yeah. uh, you know, but I want it to have been more thought through. But time. Rosie, yeah. I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, me? I, I'm, I'm thinking you're not there yet. I'm not. I'm definitely not there yet. <laughs> All I have is a strip of AstroTurf on a balcony. So even if I wanted to, I couldn't. I do live quite close to Columbia Road Flower Market, though. And I've gone, I've bought some plants, I've tried to make the balcony nice, but every single plant I buy dies. If enough, I follow the instructions. It just does. <laughs> so maybe, maybe later. Maybe it's I'm, not for you. Stick with your astroturf. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I mean, I can have, Hoover it. It's yeah, and I, I, I actually do. I have one of those Dyson handheld Hoovers, and I kid you not, you but go, you know. I do, I do. There's, um, there's a lady on Instagram, Mrs. Hayward. She videos herself hoovering her astroturf. It's quite she, entertaining. What yeah. she's <laughs> like, you want to get all the bits she's up? She's like, like day. And she's out there and you can see she's absolutely what, with loving it. Hoover? With oh, her Dyson. Really? Yeah. So we've <laughs> detoled our easy grass. If the dog goes out and poos on the grass, then we go out with detol oh, and yeah, kitchen roll to that? wipe it because the kids play out there. Oh. I know, we so have that problem. That. We're like constantly hosing. Yeah, I know. But I mean, my friend's boyfriend did a piss on a balcony once. He thought it was real grass, and needless to say, they broke up shortly after. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the yeah. smell does like, linger. Get out of my house. <laughs> well, moving on, um, let's talk about other summer events because we recently rounded up the summer events to put in your calendar, and they include everything from Glindbourne, another one that I've never been to, to Hay Festival, which is literary festival to Ascot to Henley and you know lots of others in between. Rosie are you into summer events? I am I'm actually going to one on the list I'm going to Wilderness Festival because I'm actually going to be playing it with my friend's band which is fun I mean she called me in as a favour to do backing vocals for her band and yeah Wilderness is one of the festivals that we're doing this year so it will be quite fun apparently it's really really cool isn't it? That's incredibly cool but I'm trying to decide what feast to book because there's all these amazing chefs and stuff but you have to book them very far in advance. Aren't there loads of talks and workshops? Yeah it's very different to the festivals that I've been to you know big ones like Reading and Leeds and stuff I think it's very calm and nice and I mean there is a big kind of dancing at night bit I think it's very civilized and I'm quite excited to that's the one yeah, that's, that's quite family friendly as well yeah isn't it? yeah, yeah it is I think there's lots of kids there and the camping options are really really nice as well you don't want to go in a tent I've done my <laughs> time in tents no. I've done it never again can't say I've ever done it and I'm, um, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Georgina, Victoria, what does the summer season mean to you? Festivals or more things like Ascot? We are going to Ascot. We go every year with lots of friends and we get uh, we drive in and we've got our space and we put up the picnic and everyone kind of piles along and it's really fun. And actually we're going twice this year because you can take kids when they're over 10. So on Saturday we're taking our daughter who's 12 and godchildren and we're all going. So she's already trying on various hats and fascinators I've got in the back of the wardrobe going, I might wear this one. And it's really scary looking at her in these really grown up hats um but it's really fun so looking forward to that and 
then we got tickets for Wimbledon in the ballot. <gasps> Did you? And not only that, we got men's semi-finals. <gasps> oh my Friday, god! So I'm feeling really smug about that one, and we're going to see that too. So the one oh. on my hit list though is the Wilderness. I really, really yeah. want to go, but I haven't managed to sort myself out this year. But Wimbledon uh, men's semis though. Yeah, that I know. Is amazing. Lucky. I know. Lucky. So do you get both semis? Yeah. On the same day. You get centre court, and you see. Wow. So you definitely see whoever's winning, who's going to win. Obviously, That's and you really see both. Cool. It's a it's a good one. I say yeah. it's better than the final because you get two potentially. Because yeah, that's what I was asking. You get, would you be tempted to flog them? No, no way. No, <laughs> I definitely so want to go. It would definitely cross my mind. I mean, I I think I'd go, but God, lucky you. Yeah, well, it's very obvious that. What about you, Victoria? Really boring. We're not going anywhere. I'd love to go to Ascot. I'd love to go to Wimbledon. The only time we did nearly go to Wimbledon was when my other half got women's finals. Um, but he did take his mummy, so we'll let him off. It was Serena versus oh, her oh sister, so it was the two sisters. Yeah, what that's an amazing, amazing match. And that's probably the one I'd want to see. So, yeah. But you, Victoria, I mean, we're going to talk more later about what you do. But as a personal shopper and stylist, summer events, does that become a big thing for you? It is, but it's funny, because I, I really emphasise with my clients about having capsule wardrobes. They don't come to me going, oh my God, I've got this event. It, generally, they have something there that we can judge. But there are some events where they'll go Chelsea Flower Show I'm going with you know X, Y and Z and I've got to get something so we will we'll go and get something specific but I mean generally I think sometimes you can really overthink it you, you just need to go there and enjoy what you're wearing so, and you can feel just as fabulous in something you already have with some new jewellery and yeah. a new bag or a new hat as you know you don't have to go out and buy a whole new outfit I so I try and take that pressure off people throughout working with them over a long period of time as opposed to like a quick shop for the hat, the bag, the shoes that that they're never going to wear again. It's like the Duchess of Cambridge wearing her coat to the wedding for the fourth time. Was it the fourth time? Yeah, Yeah. fourth time. And that's brilliant. I love that. Because I think loads of, I mean, thinking about my Royal Ascot outfits and thinking now, actually, you know what, I'm just going to have a good old rummage and see what I can find and maybe I'll just get a new bag or something. Instead of thinking, oh my God, I need to get everything new and perfect and... And there were those, there were a couple of people who to do the Oscars wore the same dress yeah. that they'd worn before. So I think this year has kind of been the year where we said, actually, it's okay to wear the same yeah. dress again. And it cost me a fortune and I love it and I feel great in it. Yeah. And so I'm going to down well. It's quite often. You buy something, you love it and you're going to love it for years. And then you you feel forced to go and buy something I that know. you like and you feel okay in. But there's that other item that you still feel better in. But there's something in your head going, and you must wear something that. new. Always. And it's so silly, really. Because if I, I was saying to a client yesterday, if you feel amazing in what you're wearing and, you know, your confidence speaks louder than your outfit, then that's what shines through. Yeah. Um, so I, for I Kate to wear mm. that four times and she clearly loves wearing it and enjoys it you know that was I so agree. Really my, husband, her for that. my husband brought me this amazing dress this year which I have sort of famously worn on put on Instagram about three times I now I literally can't wear it ever again it's going to have to be years I think I'm going to have to sell it because but I do put it on out of everything I own it's the thing I just feel what is it so it's an Isma Maron dress okay and it's short and kind of asymmetric with a ruffle but it's not too I hate short and tight so it's not too tight it's not too skimpy on the top I don't know I just I li- and I wasn't going to wear it. We had a birthday dinner and I wasn't going to wear it to that. And then I, and I was like, 
God, I just feel so good in this dress. I'm gonna wear it. But anyway, that was outing number three. I think I've already done it now. I well, if you're with different people, though, then you have yeah. the opportunity to recycle your look. I also had a quote. I'm not sure who said it, but I really like it. Instead of kind of buying new pieces and needing those compliments about a new item, the best compliment you could get is you always look amazing in that. Yes. And I think we should do that more often. Yes. Life. But let's go back to Kate. You know, I feel like we've done the royal wedding to death. Although I'm certainly slightly in mourning that it's all over. I think. The ro- post-wedding blues oh, I know <laughs> I have them too I'm sad and Rosie I'm interested in that because I'm quite a royalist I'm not going to lie I think they're you got the plates. great for the country no, no, no. <laughs> I've got a mug now thanks I've got a tea towel have you what it, I got the Queen's Jubilee and the and then I thought oh well I've got I've got that one so maybe I'll get I think it was Emma Bridgewater tea towels you obviously like 15 years ago oh maybe I'll get the Will and Kate one and then I just didn't see a Harry and Meghan, but I might have to sniff around for one because I quite like them. I don't use them. They're just there in the back oh, of the cupboard. Sweet, So, Rosie, as a sort of anti-royalist, can we call you a bit of an anti-royalist? I mean, I just never really cared. I mean, I do like a bit of colour blocking. Shout out to the Queen. Yeah, I just was never really that inspired. I don't really connect with Kate Middleton's fashion. And, I mean, I did love a bit of... Wild Harry, that was funny. But I mean, when Kate and Will got married, I wasn't that bothered. But this. Do you think that's because you got older or because it's Megan? I'm not sure. This is a thing. And I was obsessed. I was like, it's 12. I've missed, I like missed one minute of the wedding. And I was like, oh my God, it's on. Sat down, watched it, was like scrolling through Twitter, seeing what people were saying for the whole ceremony. Was like obsessed with all the outfits after her evening reception. On Monday came in, was still looking. I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I so But I think that's true for quite a lot of people. And I wonder if, is that because she's American? Is that because it's Harry? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people who've got more bored of it this I time. I think they're they fun. Them. I think they're kind of more young, they're more modern. I think a lot of people really connect to them. Mm. And, you know, they're eschewing all these traditions, kind of getting rid of the stuffiness, I think. And I think it's such a good thing yeah. for England. I'm really excited to see what she does. She says she's a proud feminist and is going to champion women's rights. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what kind of work she does. Are you a Megan fan? Oh, yeah. So I was watching Suits day one, episode one, <laughs> never missed an episode. Oh, really? So I was fully aware of who she was and how she'd kind of changed during that, actually. You could see she'd gone from being kind of quite young, early 30s, to sort of getting bigger roles, a bigger part in the show. And suddenly... For me, I just loved watching all her co-stars arrive because I knew oh, yeah. all of them. I loved the whole kind of celebrity side where you've got Amal Clooney and all these people just... Apparently Idris Elba was on the decks. Did you see that? No, like, that's really? amazing. Oh my it? God, <laughs> that is so cool. But I think it's all been pretty positive. The only criticism has perhaps been that the dress could have fitted her a little bit better. On the subject of weddings, um, many bride and grooms might joke that planning a wedding can feel like a full-time job. But in some countries, you actually get time off to get married. What do you think? I don't think it'll ever happen in this country. Do you think it should, though? I mean, Spain, 15 days. Japan, five days. France, four. Brazil, three. Poland and Malta. And China, I think you get two. I mean, I think think a couple, actually. 15 days. And that's not out of your holiday allowance. No. a gift. I would get married every year. 15 days? What country was that? In Spain. Spain. You get 15 days. So that's, I guess, to have your wedding, go on a honeymoon, do whatever you want. They are more chilled out, though, aren't they? Siesta. Are they as productive? Are they doing? No, that's probably Yeah, I mean, I think the trouble is, if, you, if you're not someone that's going to get married, it's a bit unfair, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
So will this be happening at Sherlock's anytime uh, soon? The answer is no, but if you know, if someone was getting married and they desperately needed an extra day for their honeymoon, of course you're going to say, it's your wedding here, you know, don't worry about it. Or I remember actually when I um, got married and I had a pretty horrendous boss, there's absolutely no way she's going to be listening, but she was pretty unpleasant. You barely got a hello in the morning. And one thing I do remember is she was always very nice about me going to wedding fittings and appointments and if ever I had a fitting or something to go to she was like yeah no worries no worries and that's it's funny how things stay with you and you learn from people's positives and negatives from yeah like previous managers I think and I always thought that was a good thing so I've always been very relaxed about people going for fittings I remember someone once saying they were taking a half day for fitting and I was like no 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 you don't take a half day so Within limits. Yeah. From marriage to cheating. That's not very cheery, is it? <laughs> this was a piece about whether cheating can ever be a good thing. I mean, to me, there's a pretty simple answer in that. Is the answer no? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of didn't quite feel fully on board with this expert's opinion. So yeah, it's an expert called Esther Perel. She's a couples therapist and an author about book about affairs. She believes that cheating can, on occasion, she does stress on occasion, can be a positive and life-changing experience. She thinks that basically the fear of losing everything can kind of awaken people who maybe were carrying on in a relationship that wasn't great, ignoring all their issues, and this big event can spark them into change. You know, she does say that it would be better if it didn't happen. And when you say it like that, I think it's interesting. I'm watching the split at the moment. I know oh, you yeah, last summer. night. You know, and, and I was watching the bit about um, the politician. Sorry if you haven't watched it, but there's a politician and her husband's cheated on her. And she alludes to their marriage being crap in the week because they're both tired. And then they say, well, we'll have the weekend. And then the weekend never really happens. And time goes by and, and the marriage never gets better. And then it sort of fails ultimately and I suppose when you think about it like that you have to almost lose something to appreciate it but as humans we're not engineered to be able to get over that kind of thing and actually we had um, our wellness day on Sunday and we had this amazing woman called Lucy Beresford who is a sex expert and she has a radio show it's on a Saturday 8 till 10 on LBC and She's quite free-thinking. She talks a lot about women needing to masturbate, a lot about women watching porn. But when asked the question, is it okay to have a threesome? She was like, no, 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 no. She's like, we as, yeah, as individuals, I don't believe any individual like, has the strength to get beyond that. And I guess it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? It must be. I just don't know how you could forgive someone. Because, I mean, it's not only the act of them being with someone else. It's the kind of betrayal yeah. around it and the lying, which often goes on when people cheat, that I think, I don't know how you could trust. De- I'm definitely not. Yeah, I'm made that way. No, I'm definitely not. Although I, I remember... That. I'm like, no, just no. 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 Never going to happen. I remember <laughs> as a child, and we were talking about this in the office the other day, I remember it was so well being at my aunt's house, and I was what was I, 10? I can't remember how old. But the women were having a conversation about someone whose husband had had an affair and how she was taking him back. And I remember turning around age 10 or piping up and going, <laughs> I would never take someone back if they had an affair. That's And this friend of my aunt's turned around and she said, but maybe if someone was ultimately a good person but made one silly mistake, you might not want 
to wreck your whole family just for one silly mistake. And, and it really stuck with me. I mean, is it? I'm always a real like leopards don't change their spots yeah. kind of person. Well, I was thinking similarly along that. It's interesting you brought in the generation thing, and I was wondering whether nowadays women perhaps have more choices and have and feel more empowered to go. Actually, I don't have to put up with this. Deep down, I'm not sure I trust you. I, I'm not convinced that you won't do it again. So. I'm going to hedge my bets elsewhere and and just step out on my own. Whereas I've seen with generations above me where people have had affairs and the marriage has carried on. But I don't think happily. And I think it was maybe a time where it was harder to walk away or you were expected to just kind of get over it and because you didn't have options. And I wonder now whether women have more freedom to to walk away. But I've had friends who, when they were together for about 10 years and one of them cheated, it all came out... And then they worked through it. A year later, they got engaged and they have one of the happiest marriages I know. Really? And they had a very strong, solid relationship before the affair. And I think in that case, it did make them stronger. They realised that although they'd met young, they did really want to be together. And actually, they kind of got the affair out of the way before they got married. Mm-hmm. And then they really knew that it was what they wanted. The way But, but I think said. I would always have that doubt. I would always... I think maybe I'm just too cynical. Of well, I just think I'm such a loyal person myself that if somebody did that to me, they're not my mirror. My favourite piece of advice in this article um, was by Julia Keyes and Jackie Coles and they're authors of a new infidelity self-help book called The Manscript. And they said, you know, addressing the want to cheat is what people should do. Yeah. So, you know, if yeah. someone's unhappy in a relationship, instead of just going off and cheating, tell your partner, you know... I mean, don't be like, I've been eyeing up and I've done my work. But be like, you know, I'm not getting what I need. Like, I I think, talk talk about it. Let's talk about something a bit more well-behaved. Book clubs. Are you part of a book club? Yes. Yeah. Actually, I founded my book club because I kind of had a few friends who were doing book clubs and I thought, I've got a bit of book club envy here, but I don't want to jump into their book club. So I started with a friend of mine and we both made the decision to ask people we didn't know. So we actually try and talk about the book because some of my friends go to book clubs and they roll in at 2am and they go, yeah, we've talked about the book for 10 minutes and then we discussed anything but the book. We are trying to be a little bit more focused about our book club and we actually do talk about the book for quite a long time. How many of you in your book club? We have just upped to eight. So so it's a good number. You meet how often? About every six weeks. And can you get through a book in six weeks? Yeah, and if we do the summer holidays or a long holiday, we'll do two. And the person who hosts chooses the book. And unless there's a complete mutiny, we just try and go with it. So you've got your own book club. Victoria? I'm not part of a book club. Um, My friend is part of a book club in her tiny, weeny, tiny village. So I think actually all the wives just love an excuse to run out the house and go and drink wine. And she does. So it's that scenario. It's 2am finish. 2am finish. I think she does read the book. I don't think they do talk about it. But I think it's definitely more about the wine. Good excuse for a get-together. Would you like to be a part of a book club? I think so. Again, I don't know whether I'd like the pressure of having to finish the book, though. Because I'm, I'm quite good with someone says you've got to do something and finish it by such a date. Even if it's not that strict, I will take it upon myself to put the pressure on and finish the book. Yeah, it's one more thing to get done. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Rosie, I'm looking at you. I think if I had a book club, it would descend into chaos, wine related chaos, quite quickly. You'd have to select the people in it carefully, or you wouldn't end up talking about the book. I think also it's sometimes born out of that need where you've read a book and you just really, really 
you, or have you read that? Sorry, when you, or did you see that on TV last night? And you kind of want to dissect it with someone. It's just really enjoyable. But the thing is, sometimes you want to mix it up with people who have really different opinions to you because obviously it's a bit flat when everyone goes, yeah, I agree, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he annoyed me or I didn't like that character or I loved her. You want someone to go, oh my God, I hated that book. I finished it, but I dreaded reading it every night. It was awful. And I think that's much more interesting than just you find some agreeing. opinionated yeah, covers, I yeah. Think. yeah people you don't like maybe even <laughs> <laughs> just to get a bit of a of a debate going otherwise yeah. what's otherwise the point of sitting there nodding for two hours it's not fun well if you're someone that likes the idea of a book club but like Victoria doesn't want the pressure of getting no through pressure. it then there is a subscription box that book clubbers should know about it's called Reading in Heels and it's essentially a digital book club that sends out intelligent, binge-worthy books once a month, as well as some trees. It's a bit like Birchbox, the beauty subscription service, but for books. Um, and they've done books like Elizabeth Day's The Party, that I still haven't read, I really want to, The Girls, oh, really still haven't read, oh, Sweet yes, Time, we did that. All Grown Up, The Girls was Emma Klein. Oh, you did that at your book club? We did that, yeah, it's quite dark. So yeah, really dark actually. It's on my list, so I haven't got through it. Good. Um, anyway, you pay £17.20 a month and they send you yeah, a paperback and three to four luxury lifestyle products. I thought that was a really cool idea for a business. And I think there is the digital element so you can log on and you can comment and you can have the debate online. It's a big a online nice forum idea. they have, I think. I'd quite like it if you could do it like Freddie's Flowers where you could opt in and out because every you might not want month the book is a bit much. I think you probably can do that because you're still you know you suddenly get a book every month like shit I haven't got through it. That's <laughs> the pressure. I'm already feeling anxious. You've given you've got a mountain of books. Well, be a good present. Really Maybe. lovely present. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's talk about beauty. I saw an article on the Business of Fashion recently discussing whether revamped beauty floors could save department stores. Apparently, Saks in New York is the latest department store to kind of pin its future hopes on beauty. And if you walk through the original beauty floor right now, it's kind of a bit shut down and depressing. And instead, you take an elevator up to... The first floor to Beauty 2.0, where you walk into a brightly lit, white, marble-clad space with treatment centres, offering facials and massages, um, and all sorts of kind of experiential beauty things happening. I just thought this was interesting. 
do you shop in department stores now? What what draws you into a department store? Obviously, Victoria, I imagine you're in them quite a lot. I, yeah, I pretty much What's your much take residence. on the department store these days? Um, my problem with department stores is that I don't feel like they necessarily stay true to who they are. There's some that have changed, and you think, why did you do that? All department stores, for me, need to be destination stores, and the only way you do that is by making them individual, not making them the same. Yeah. Otherwise, you may as well just buy online. You get a white space. Mm. <laughs> you have the product on the white space, and you click on it. You know, for me, it needs to be more than that, so... It's a shame that they do that. Georgina, do you shop in department stores? Yeah, I do. I get a lot of Charlotte Tilby makeup and I buy that. I just go normally into Peter Jones or somewhere when I've run out and I'm in that area and I just dash in. I never go counter to counter deciding, oh, which foundation should I get? It's normally quite a quick decision. I'd love to have more time to think about it. But it's that fear with the concession that you go and ask a question and before you know it, you're in the stall and they're putting stuff on you and you feel you've got to buy something. So the idea of then going off to to Lancome or Chanel or somewhere and thinking, well, now I'll go and try that foundation. I mean, that's just never going to happen. And then you've got, obviously, those bespoke kind of Space NK and smaller things, but sometimes that can be a bit intimidating. Yeah, I find really it too expensive. quiet. Yeah. yeah too and much I focus. find the pressure in places like that. I always feel like they're looking at me like I'm going to shoplift something when I walk around Space NK. Although I did have a great Space NK experience that I feel I should mention, having just said the other thing. I had a 60s party and I just wanted to do the makeup properly. And I went in there and they did fantastic makeup on me. And they put on the most enormous lashes, Barrington lashes. And they are huge. And you wear them and you have to kind of, it's like doing weights with your eyes. Touches your cheeks. Oh my God, it's amazing. And they put them on for me and then it was brilliant. So they're quite good for that. I think that's what they need more in department stores for us to go into them and spend money on beauty products. They need to have like a personal shopper. (laughs) But somebody who's there as a neutral person. And I feel like that's... Like an editor, really. A bit difficult, I guess. You can read about great products, but everyone's skin is so different, isn't it? And I also love to hear about a new brand and a new product but you don't necessarily want it shoved down your throat you do want to try it but at at ease you know try the moisturizer but what's it like when you then put your foundation over the top of it and Rosie as a younger shopper would you shop in department stores I think if you're buying makeup or beauty in a department store it's the most stressful experience they're often just so packed the counters are so busy even if you know what you want you've got to wait 10 minutes sometimes in Mac and Selfridges to even get a powder you're like I just want that one right there it's really stressful it's horrible and yeah I always feel obliged to buy something I'll go and want to try an eyeshadow shade I've seen online I think I always shop online but with beauty products you do need to test them out I do I have to say yeah I do think like we're better really than to buy a new beauty item than a department store because you, you need to try lots of brands and yes Ideally, someone impartial will take you around. I think you just have to be strong and say no. And yeah, I, I went yeah. to the most incredible beauty world I've ever seen in what's the famous French department store? The big Pantone. one. Yes, you were talking about this I earlier. Cannot say it for Pantone. save my life. <laughs> we know what you mean. And they have recently renovated it. It's three floors. They have an entire floor dedicated to perfume and fragrance, and it's absolutely insane I could spend all day there they have a juice bar where you can sit and chill out it's incredible and all the brand reps are there there was not that many people there either because it's so spacious and all these brands I mean I feel like I've heard of a lot of beauty brands ones I'd never heard of and it was a really great kind of discovery thing there was no pressure from anyone 
if everyone could have that, I would Interesting. be happy. Interesting. I'd love to know what percentage of a department store sales are beauty. I also think TVs. It's a good place to buy a TV. How do you get it home? Kitchenware. Well, I think if you go to John Lewis, they ship it home, yeah. don't they? It's the yeah. best place to go and look at things like that. I mean, to me, a department store is beauty, TV, and the kitchen department. But I remember when I had my first child and walking into Peter Jones, I've said it twice now, it must have sounds like it's, it was <laughs> like, I could feel my heart rate would drop when I walked in. I don't know what it was. It was, I think they had a big feeding area. Oh, and baby stuff. And then stuff's baby good. stuff's good. And I had gone there so much pregnant that when I then went with the baby, I would just sort of walk around. It's like, there's no real noise. Everything's kind of absorbed. And... It just felt quite restful. Yeah, I'm with you. I like a department store. I think there are, like you said, there are a lot of shit ones and they need to go. But the good ones are great. You just have to pick the moment that you go there. And actually, I was in John Lewis the other day and I needed to get my eyebrows done. So I got my eyebrows done. I had to buy a couple of presents. And and it was all quite easy. But yeah, when they're rammed, it's definitely um, quite stressful. From beauty to Botox. Are you betraying the sisterhood if you try Botox? Can you still be a feminist and love facial fillers? Rosie, you wrote this piece about why having injectables is no different than wearing makeup. And it's about time the world stopped judging women for getting them. I agree. I love the first line of your piece. My boyfriend can't find out about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this piece was kind of inspired by a lot of my friends that have started getting Botox and injectables and they are deathly scared of their partners finding out and I was like why are you I mean I used to do that too and it's just because it's a needle and, involved isn't it I know I think there's just a, still a weird taboo around getting yeah. Botox and fillers and I'm kind of sick of having to explain myself to people you know I really think it's a part of modern grooming you don't have to do it just as you don't have to wear makeup but yeah. I just think yeah I'm tired of having to kind of people saying, oh, you must have a self-esteem issue if you get Botox. It's like, no, I just want to look in the mirror and look awake. Otherwise, I feel like when you look in the mirror and you look tired, well, personally, I feel more tired. And some people might not, and that's fine. We did a piece with Stacey Duguid, the amazing Stacey Duguid, who's in her 40s, and it was about, like, how do you feel fabulous in your 40s and fashion in your 40s? And some of the points she made were a little bit of Botox, a little bit of filler... I'm a really great hairdresser. There were a few other elements, but those are the three. And I thought this is just really nice that she kind of said it out loud. And she's really cool and gorgeous, and she doesn't look done. And I just love that. Do you agree, Georgina Victoria? I think it's really funny. You know, you said um, I don't want my boyfriend to find it. I think the other person that everyone always goes is your mother. Yes. Me when, I, when it was on Sherlock's behind the scenes. My mum's yeah. given up on me now. She's oh, really? like, you're just going to do my thing. Oh, you want your face. I'm not even going to say anything. I don't I don't have an opinion for people to or not. Um, I've had a bit. I don't stick to having it done regularly. If I know I've got something coming up, then I'll have it done. If I don't, I don't stress about it either. I suppose if, as I get older, I might do a bit more. But I think it's still one of those things that's still whispered about in mm. the playground, which I think is really funny. You know, it'll be raining and someone will come with their sunglasses on because they've got all their little tiny needle pricks <laughs> at the top of their eyebrows and it's like you know I don't, in fact I ask well I don't I don't think there's anyone that doesn't there have it done so. but everyone's having, whispering about it but if you're having it done well no one should be whispering because they shouldn't know yeah. I mean other than any you know needle marks which personally I don't think you really well no you don't, I mean, I, I've I'm never not literally yeah not with Dr. Sith 
because I was shocked. Like normally, when I'd got it done, I looked yeah. like I'd been bitten by a spider or something. Oh, really? I went to him and. It's like nothing ever happened. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can occasionally bruise, but I always think like if you're having it done well, people shouldn't be whispering. Shouldn't, yeah. They shouldn't know. I think it's definitely more talked about though. You know, I've had it. My friends have had it. We will say, "Oh no, the last time was too heavy." Do you know someone who's got a lighter touch? And yeah, here's the number. And it's pretty, like you say, it's like, "Oh, I've got a new mascara." Yeah. Oh, look, I found a new person, and it's. Really not a big deal, but I think within a certain group of people who are happy to share that information mm. and who just don't really care. Mm. And then there are other people who are incredibly secretive about it and would be devastated if anyone knew they'd mm. ever had it. So I just think to me, it's not even linked to feminism, it's just linked to choice. And I just think, just let people get on with their lives and do what they want to do. And I don't feel that anyone should sit in judgment about it. So whether it's in the terms of the feminism issue... I think that if someone feels more empowered, more awake, like they're dealing with their day better because they just feel better, then that's a good enough reason and that's for them to choose. Do you know any men who've had it done? I feel like a lot of male celebrities yeah. get a little I think, bit. Yeah, I don't know any but... men myself, but when I went to... I was interviewing a female Botox practitioner and she was saying, I have to really balance my appointments book because I have husbands who come in and their wives don't know. Oh, my oh my and then I have the teachers coming in. And so I need to make sure that the teachers aren't here when the parents are here. So oh, it's, hilarious. it's hilarious. Yeah. So we're kind of on board with Botox. We're on board with fillers. But what about lips? I feel like there's a line where yeah, you can be a feminist and uh, have, have a bit of Botox and a bit of this and a bit of that. But actually, it's not mucking around with your lips. And it's not okay. Why... I don't know why that is. This is where I've received the most judgment because I had not good-looking lip fillers. Like they always say the best fillers are when you can't notice that someone's had it done. And mine definitely looked like I'd had them done before I had them removed. And I really got judged by people. It was crazy. Like, people would meet me like friends of my friends of my this was a few years ago friends of my partner friends of friends there would always be this line where they're like oh Rosie's actually really nice I thought she was gonna be some like idiot bimbo because they'd see me they'd see these big fake lips and just make all these assumptions about me and I mean I didn't like how they looked anyway so I got them removed had like a little bit more put in afterwards and, yeah, I'm, I'm very glad I did. But I don't think it's fair. I think cosmetic procedures go wrong for so many people. And to kind of have all that judgment on you all the time, I think, is really unfair. Yeah. You know. I mean, I would love to have bigger lips. I don't know if oh. I would ever be brave enough to say, come on then. I did actually have something in my lip once. Bloody painful. Yeah, I had. But Maya had had it done, so Maya. we've been doing this extreme beauty series and Maya's had had it some she looks amazing they look so good we had our wellness day as I mentioned on Sunday and lots of shit arts readers kept coming up to Kate oh my god I've got to look at your lips I've got to look at your lips but they look great so they actually do. it does go to show that if you're clever and you go less is more less people don't know well, and the right person exactly mm. let's talk about fashion let's talk about wrap dresses we always think of DBF when we think of wrap dresses yeah. and I think that time has kind of passed hasn't it I mean I remember saving up for my first DBF wrap dress back in God, I don't know when it was a long time ago. And now it's not a sort of look that I covet. But wrap dress is amazing. I love a wrap dress. I love a wrap dress. I think, again, it depends on your body shape. I think if you suit a wrap dress, you can wear a wrap dress well and it doesn't look particularly mumsy. But obviously, fashion always comes into play a little bit. So you may 
not wear it as much as you would do even though it suits you more loads of my clients wear a wrap dress i love wearing a wrap dress and at the minute you can wear them with trainers you can really dress them down and um, whereas before i think they were something that they were quite a dressy dress to wear a wrap dress because you can really kind of emphasize your boobs and your hips and all those things whereas now you can you can even use them as layering yeah yeah i love a wrap dress i like the new sort of generation of wrap dresses and actually i went to see anna mason oh yeah um, last week oh my god that dress you tried on oh wasn't so it amazing? amazing. And is that the pink one? It was a white, white brodery on oh, yes. yeah. Oh, I wrap dress. That one. Loved that and one. Are you going to get it? Oh, I don't know. Quite expensive. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, her stuff is incredible. But she was saying how she's never been a massive fan of a wrap dress, and she's done them in her own way. And I think the kind of today's version is slightly different. It's a bit more flouncy, and there are ruffles and. It's, really it's not always that jersey. I mean, oh to me, God, the whole you? jersey wrap. Yeah, that's what's put me off them in the past is that if you put on your wrap dress and then you go and have a big lunch or dinner or something <laughs> and that would be the way it would fold and somehow tie and then sit over this food baby and I just felt, oh, no. But then I got one when I was going away at Easter from Cezanne and it's really really pretty and I absolutely love it but I think I love it because it's midi but the slit comes up quite high so it's that kind of it's long so I'm not revealing something but yet when I walk I'm flashing a bit of thigh but it's all kind of fitting properly well that's kind of like post office wear isn't it yeah kind of, yeah it's now definitely more feminine flouncy I just love a wrap dress especially the floral ones it, I mean if you told me when I was a teenager, that at 29, I would be going to work wearing a wrap dress. I'm <laughs> <laughs> even like, where am I working? You know, you're, wearing, you're wearing a polka dot ganny wrap dress. Yeah, super cool. Just, so I think so that's the thing, isn't it? Now, that's the I mean, thing. we've that's seen a whole new so like, style of yeah, yeah, trainers yeah. and a denim jacket. Yeah. Really fun. Let's talk about personal shopping. Before we quiz you, Victoria, Georgina, have you ever seen a personal shopper? Would you? No, but I would absolutely love to. But the thing that puts me off is, do you have to have loads of money in the bank no. ready to spend no. at that moment? I kind of think, I'm going to have to go, and they're going to be expecting me to buy the equivalent of a whole wardrobe in a sort of half day. You can only do, you could say at the minute, so we're doing spring, summer, you can only do a relevant season at a time anyway. So you're kind of dividing it over the year. So you'd have two appointments if we were doing a complete cull and I always say you kind of do you do need to have enough money so that you can get enough stuff but you don't need to have oodles and oodles and oodles and that's why it's good to start with a detox because we can really analyze what you can sell um, and what your gaps are and then you may not need everything. What you can sell, that makes me think, you know, you need a wardrobe full of Chanel or something. <laughs> no, yeah. you'd be surprised what you can sell on eBay. on eBay. I've on eBay from it, High Street. It's crazy. I sold one of my self-portrait dresses recently. It went for £250. Amazing. So what is the entry point? I mean, I sort of know, because several of my friends have seen <laughs> you, Victoria. That's how I met you. Yes. And I have to say... Their lives have been transformed by seeing you. Thank you. Um, I totally get it. Um, but for people listening, what's the starting sort of price point in terms of spending money? It depends. So if you're going to do it for spring, summer, I would say spring, summer is generally a cheaper season in terms of the high street. We could do it for £500. You know, I'd say £500, £800, we could get a good summer wardrobe. Obviously, we can go, sky's the limit. Um, I'd say most clients spend between... 
1,000 and 3,000, especially autumn winter wise, because you've got to consider you've got coats, knitwear, boots, they are heavier items, whereas in the summer you've got flip flops and cotton dresses, it's like two completely different things. But a good trick is I say if somebody knows they want to do it and they've got birthday and Christmas, you can kind of have it in your mind for about a year, just ask for gift cards. So for like Selfridges or Harrods or if you want to go to a shopping centre like Blue Water or the Bental Centre in Kingston. Because people just buy you, even if it's 15, 20 quid, just be like, don't do not do that. Get me a gift card and then you can all add it onto your shop and you will appreciate it so much more than, I don't know, So we're talking cream. about department stores. So do you tend to take them to department stores then, your clients? Um, it depends. I tend to take them to shopping centres where there are department stores within it. And I I don't always just take somebody to one department store. Reason being, we're kind of there and they're using me as a completely neutral guide to the shop. If you really want to go to one department store and buy stuff in there, you they have personal shoppers in there and you can use them for free. Okay. Oh, well, that's a good there tip. There you go. You don't and, have to have me. And what are the most common problems that women come to you with? They don't realise it necessarily when they start, but it, it inevitably comes down to confidence and time. I think there's certain points in our lives where we hit a milestone, whether it be um, starting work or motherhood. It goes on, really. And this applies to men also, but we just become time poor. And I just remember through my own personal experience, you have an event coming up or you just feel a bit crap and you think, I'm going to go and buy something. So you go to Peter Jones <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you go down King's Road and you think, right, I've got the baby with me. That's fine. He or she's asleep for a couple of hours. I'm going to hit the shops and get some stuff. It's so confusing. I think stores are massive. Sales assistants aren't always necessarily helpful. And within five minutes of trying on three items that you need a different size in, no one's paying you any attention. You give up, you go home and you go home disappointed or you buy something for the child or a present for somebody else or you have a coffee and feel like you've achieved something in the day. (laughs) (laughs) And what are the key things that you always say all women need in their wardrobe? Give us a... A quick rundown of... It's really funny. One, uh, Quite a few clients over the sort of 15 years have been going, I'll be sort of deculling and going, you need to get rid of this cardine. And they'll be like, what do you mean I've got to get rid of my cardies? And I really feel like at the moment, blazers have really taken the role of the cardie. And I would say no matter what you're doing, you should have a really good selection of coats because yeah. coats are your outerwear. Um, so when you're walking around, whether it being getting on the train, going to work, doing school run, you know, you're walking everywhere. You could have the most amazing outfit on underneath, but most people are seeing you, you know, they're seeing your face, but they're also seeing what you've got on top. And if your coat is crap, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the rest of what you're wearing is. So I say have a really good coat selection. Coats and blazers. Yeah. I actually remember, so a friend of mine who went to see you, and she said, you went to her and said, look, are you really serious about this? And she said, yeah, I'm really serious. And you appeared with this mountain of clothes that she had to get rid of. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm really doing this. But she said, I was really good. And I was like, no, I'm spending this money. So, you know, I, I'm going to get on board and we're going to get rid of I think that's all that trick. stuff. So you obviously are pretty ruthless. I'm, I always say to people, it's a journey. I, I hate and I would hate to. And I'm quite strict when I meet people that this isn't a one hit wonder. It's something that we're going to work on together, hopefully for two seasons, further than that if they want to. I feel like it's real baby steps. And if you were to do it, you don't have to do it every season over five years, but the transformation you would make in terms of the confidence you feel after doing it and the decisions you make five years later on, you just cannot believe that you were ever that person mm. at the beginning. Mm. It's really funny. They get, yeah, they, yeah. And for people listening, I mean, the process I know is you come and see them, you do this detox, 
then you go shopping. And the bit that I love, which I was so impressed with, is that Victoria then photographs you in the pieces that you've bought, styled with other pieces in your wardrobe, layered, mixed and matched, so you can refer to this sort of archive of Polaroids. That's amazing. And I remember going to have lunch with this friend, she said, look, and we sat, and I've never seen so many pictures, it was the leather jacket over the t-shirt, with the scarf, without the scarf, with the coat, with the trousers, over the dress, I mean, and it was just endless ways, so you kind of don't really have to think about it. Yeah, well, it's, it's like everyone gets up in the morning and checks their phone, whether you try to or not, you do. And I think the last thing we do think about is, unless you're going to an event, but the last thing we we do do want to think about and the last thing we do think about is what are we going to wear? And nine times out of ten, you'll go out the front door, you don't feel great in what you're wearing. You know, you'll sit down wherever you are and you'll go, oh, damn, I forgot to put that on or the scarf on, whatever. But if it's all there in picture form, you can just quickly grab it and you can refer to it. And within like five minutes, you're dressed, done, go. Forget about it. (laughs) Very clever. Just before we finish, I know that you do men as well. Mm -hmm. And you actually saw a friend of mine's husband. And we went for lunch and he appeared in some of his new kit. And we were like, ooh, you're looking quite dapper. (laughs) Anyway, and then the secret came out that he'd been on on a shopping trip. And I thought, how brilliant. So you obviously do see men as well yeah it's been interesting it's always been clients husbands I haven't actually had anyone come to me off of their own back yet and I think it's just it's something that men are slowly getting their heads around so clients that have been you know female clients that have been working with me they've seen their wives they've seen this transformation in their confidence and just the effortlessness of getting dressed and how easy it is if you know what you're wearing and see men are quite uniform so I would say generally and making a generalization they wear navy black white blue maybe a bit of pink you know and it's like and my husband takes a lot of pink yeah it's quite a lot of pink it's always the colour it's always <laughs> the, the accent colour and I just feel like you know men's fashion can look quite scary because I think in fashion magazines it's very fashionable so yeah. I think they either have their uniform or that picture and it's like well we'll just keep going with this and again you know the time that they can save and feeling great about themselves which isn't you know the normal men blazer you know suit and then blazer t-shirt jeans it's you know what else can I do what can yeah. I do without looking like I've stepped well, off a magazine I, yeah. I saw I think I saw a bomber jacket or something yeah put him in anyway he looked great and I said to my husband and I was like I love that you should do that and he's like well I've got you and I said oh. well <laughs> maybe but you know it's the time it's it, it, it having the time to Definitely. do it That's and fix what, it um, Mark Zuckerberg the founder of Facebook does he has all he has in his wardrobe is like the same outfit and he was like if I don't have to think about what I'm wearing in the morning I have more mental energy to go about my day and do my job Absolutely. I want a thing of Polaroid so I could be like done don't have to think about it and go and become the next it's, it's time it's the you know otherwise it, it's A it's time but B it's how you feel for the rest of the day if you haven't got it right yeah. and whether you choose to accept that clothes are important or not they are and it does affect your confidence and how you feel and how you interact and you know it affects the whole day and it affects the family dynamics you know how you interact with your husband how you interact with your kids yeah and you feel better about yourself and it can affect the first impression you make on someone it's the first thing that people see is what you're wearing so if you haven't got it right you can feel a bit rubbish yeah definitely well said I couldn't agree more Victoria thank you so much for joining us today thank you Georgina thank you Rosie that's all we've got time for this week I do hope you enjoyed that do please rate review subscribe and tell your friends we'll see you next week bye bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.